Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. And uh, as always, I start every time I speak here, I say that it is an honour and a privilege to speak this. It is not a performance. It is is the Holy Word of God, and I take that an incredible, incredible privilege and honour to do that. And uh, my name is Jono, if if you've not heard, maybe... You did hear, Tim just said a minute ago, but I take a lead in Nottingham alongside my wife, Annie. And uh, I wanted just to take one second to uh, share with you a success that we've had in in Nottingham campus. We're obviously one church in multiple locations, so if we have a success in one campus, we celebrate together. So we, last, uh, two weeks ago, we launched our first small group in Nottingham. Now, that may seem so small and insignificant, but for us, it's massive. It really is. And uh, I, I wondered if in a second you could just uh, celebrate with me, with, with the Lord. But I want to say that was on the back, not of uh, supply, not of us saying we want to start a small group. But it was actually on the back of demand. It was people coming to us and saying, we want more. We want more. We want to get involved more. We want to be in, uh, in connection more. And that is super incredible for us. So can you just take a moment and thank God for that? So today we're going to speak around this series that we're in, Let's Talk About Faith. And we're going to do exactly that, talk about faith. And if you're new to church here, or maybe you're on a bit of a faith journey, perhaps, let me encourage you, please, talk about your faith. Bring your questions, bring your doubts, can I even say, and talk about it. Get around people and bring those those thoughts and doubts that you may have. If you want to join a small group, we, as I've just said, then small groups are a great place to talk about your questions, your faith, things like that. If you don't know where to start, can I encourage you to maybe even to email the office about those kind of things. But we're going to talk about faith. And I have a specific prayer for those that call themselves Jesus followers, faith people. My prayer is this, that within this series, every one of us would have a fresh and renewed desire to talk about and to share our faith outside of these four walls. That we would have the boldness and the courage to talk about our faith. That God would put you and I in situations and conversations that would demand us to talk about our faith. And it is a little bit scary in some senses sometimes. But we can have a boldness and a courage to do that. It says in the Bible, 1 Peter 3.15, If anyone asks about the hope living inside of you, always be ready to explain your faith. And that is my prayer today. So I'm going to just pray for one second about that. God, I thank you that you have saved us, Lord. And I pray that you would give every person in this room a fresh boldness and the courage to share their faith, to talk about it, Lord. God, I pray that you'd give them the the courage to speak about their story of how you've saved them. You brought them out of darkness into light, God. And Lord, I pray that you'd put us into conversations and situations where it demands us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. So, today we're going to be talking about the life of faith. Two weeks ago, we had saving faith. Last week, we had the gift of faith. But today, we have the life of faith. How do we live out this life of faith in our day-to-day lives? So, let me start with what is faith. What is faith? And we can come up with these lovely little um, explanations about what faith is, but actually the Bible tells us very clearly what faith is. 
It says in Hebrews 11, verse 1, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Another translation says, It is all the evidence required to prove what is unseen. This very definition from the Bible seems a bit of a paradox, doesn't it? Confident about what we don't see. Evidence of what is still unseen. It can seem a little bit crazy. But all around this room, there are people who are living by this paradox. People who have come to know a saviour who they've never seen. Yet one who has changed their lives from the inside out. An incredible paradox. We live by faith. And all around this room are people who have brought, as I've said a minute ago, all their questions to Jesus, as difficult as some of them may be. And even with those questions, are living a life of faith. Faith can seem a paradox, but when you live a life of faith, it makes complete sense, I promise you. So today what we're going to do, I'm going to pick out a moment in the Apostle Paul's life of faith. A moment where he was confident in what he hoped for and assured about what he did not see. A moment where he had all the evidence he needed to prove what was unseen. And that can apply to every one of our lives here today. And I will be using Acts 27 in the process. So as always, you will always get the best out of these kind of messages if you, if you get your phones or your notepads out or things like that. And we're going to read from Acts 27 in just a second. But if you've never heard of the Apostle Paul, he was a, a Christian hater. He was a Christian hater. He spent the first part of his life actively pursuing Christians and putting them in prison and sometimes even worse than that. But in his incredible love, God met him where he was at and changed his life around for the better. This average normal human being, please keep that in mind, this average normal human being the one who was persecuting Jesus' followers ended up actively pursuing Jesus in a life of faith that changed the world ever since. And I say this because God can use anyone. God can use anyone. God can use any background, any past, any gifting, any passion. If you think that you are too far gone, Paul's life proves otherwise. And those who do know of the Apostle Paul, please don't switch off and think that he is this incredible giant of the faith who, unlike me and you, yeah, you know what I'm saying. I can promise you that this will encourage all of us in our faith. So let's go. Firstly, before I get there, did you ever watch the Jaws movie as a, as a kid? Anyone ever seen Jaws? If you've never seen it, don't. Do not watch it. This is the original film before it all started going another way about a shark. And I watched it as a young boy. It was cruel of my parents allowing me to watch it. I'm joking. But I did not dare use the toilet for days after this, honestly. I was so afraid, and, and genuine people that know me know that I'm still afraid big time of this. Not the toilet, but the... the but, <laughs> But swimming, I was so afraid that Jaws would come up the toilet and bite me. That seems completely off, off the, the point, but let me tell you why I'm saying that. Because when I read this passage in Acts 27, my mind literally went back to Jaws. This is the original 
real life Jaws story. And in this moment in time, the Apostle Paul is stuck on a ship. He's on his way to being put in prison in Rome or tried to be put in prison in Rome. He's likely the only Jesus follower on the ship. And they hit this huge storm. And this is where the story follows. I believe it's going to come on the screen. Acts 27, verse 13. It says this. When a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity. So they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. Verse 15. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind. So we gave way to it and were driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day we began to panic and throw the cargo overboard. And on the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. My message today is going to consist of three threes, three threes. My granddad taught me my times table at a young age, so three threes, he'd be very proud of this. If anyone's wondering, it's nine. (laughs) So firstly, I want you to notice three things that happened here. It said this, that they gave way to the storm and were driven along. That, to me, talks about drift. They began to panic and throw the cargo overboard. That, to me, is clearly panic. And thirdly, they began to give up. They gave up all hope of being saved. They gave in. So that's my first threes. Three things happened here in this story that happens to our faith in the middle of a storm. We drift, we panic, and we can give in. Let me encourage those who are in a storm right now that you are not alone. Don't allow these three things to happen on your own. Whether it's a storm of health issues, financial pressure, losing a family member, one close to you, a relationship, going back to college or university or your job. Or can I even add the storm of doubt, the storm of questions in our faith, and we all go through them. Those three things happen, drift, panic, give in. So number one, let's go through them. The moment a storm hits, we can start to drift. I read this quote as I was preparing that during crisis, we let go of our goals, we forget where we are headed, we forget our values and we start drifting. Let me add to that, we can stop praying to God, we stop reading our Bibles, we stop talking to our friends, we find excuses for the way that we can act and we start to drift. I have. As anyone else. Not just drifting, but then we panic. And I've seen it in my own life, and I've seen it in those close to me around me. The moment a storm hits, we panic. And what results from that panic, as it did with the the people that were on board, we start to chuck things out of our life. We start to get rid of things from our lives. They first got, it says in in the story, that they first got rid of the cargo. Then they threw away the ship's tackle. And then they even threw themselves overboard eventually, which is mental. But in the same way, we are tempted to throw out the very things that are important to us because we're under pressure and we want to get rid of it all. We become impulsive, we give up on our dreams, we run out on relationship, we throw away our good values and our great disciplines. 
And finally, the sailors gave in. Have you been going through a problem that has been batting you back and forth? Have you come to a point where you've drifted? You've thrown things out. You've got rid of people. You've got rid of things in your diary. But now you're thinking it's not worked. I just need to give in. Please hear me. You are not done. You are not finished. You have a reason to live. You have a reason to keep going. Someone says if you're going through hell, just keep going. Don't give up. Don't give in. It may seem impossible to get out of the storm you are in right now, but it isn't impossible. There is a way out. There is a lesson to be learned. And there is a growth that can come from yours and my life as that happens. Do not give in. The sailors in the story says that they gave up hope because they had no faith. They had no idea that God was in control. They had no idea that God had a plan. So my first three is this, and how often this temptation comes to our, our life of faith. Drift, panic, give in. But now what? What's next? What did the Apostle Paul do that shows us how to live a life of faith? This is really important. As I read this next uh, verse, verse 22, I want you to notice that he confessed something good. He confessed something good. Verse 22 says, But now I urge you to keep up your courage, because not one of you be, will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Verse 25, So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. And their response in verse 29 can teach us something today. Verse 29 says that they dropped their anchors and prayed. Let me take you really quickly to another part in the Bible in Hebrews 6 verse 19. It talks about our life of faith. It talks about our Savior. It says, we have this certain hope like a strong and unbreakable anchor holding our souls to God himself. This tells us our faith is and can be a strong and unbreakable anchor in the middle of our storms of life. Maybe you've tried to anchor to everything else but God. Today is the time for you to anchor to him. So here's my next threes. Three anchors that help us live a life of faith. And if you're in the middle of a storm right now, these things will help you. If you're not in the middle of a storm right now, Unfortunately, you will be at some point in your life and these things will help you then. Be proactive, not reactive, yeah? So number one, the anchor. These, seems, these seem really, really um, simple and I wanted that for a reason because it is simple, it really is. Number one, it's the anchor of God's friendship. This is one of the most incredible things that I cannot get my head around because the creator of the universe, the one who made everything, wants to be my friend. It makes no sense to me, but I know it's true. He's interested in every fine, intimate detail of my life. I was going to say he was interested in every hair on my head, but... Exactly, exactly. No. James 2, verse 23, talks about Abraham. It says that Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. Not because of what he'd done, because of his faith. It says he was even called a friend of God. Storms can never hide us from the friendship of God. We may not see him, 
we, but he sees us. We may not think that he is there, that he is a million miles away, but he is with us, he is watching over us, and he is interested in us. He promises in his word that he will never leave us, he will never leave you, and he will never forsake you and I. God is right there with you, and we never go through anything by ourselves. No matter what you are going through right now, God is with you. God is with you. He is the anchor that you can fully trust, a strong and unbreakable anchor that you can cling to. And Paul had a confidence, an anchor, that even in the middle of this storm, God's friendship would hold him steady. God's friendship would carry him through. And that can be the same for you and I today. Secondly, the anchor of God's purpose for your life. You are made on purpose, and not just that, but you are made for a purpose. You are not here on earth just to take up space or take up air. God has a specific plan and purpose for your life designed perfectly for you. As a, as a collective church, we have this, these things that you can grab at the end if you want to, you matter cards. And these are little, as you can see, business, sized, business card sized encouragements that we can leave about places, that we can give to people, or we can, if we're going out for food, we can couple it with a, a generous tip. And on the back of this, let me just throw this in there actually, Nottingham, our campus, are the, uh, the ones that use the most of these, just so you know. So please try and catch us up. Come on, Tim. So on the back of it, it says Jeremiah 29, 11. And this is for you. I want to encourage you. You matter. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. God's purpose is greater than any situation you will ever experience. God has a plan and a purpose beyond the problems that you are facing right now. And nothing can stop those purposes. Now please, please, please do not judge me here when I tell you this story, please. You'll understand why in a second. But on July the 21st, 2007, I was 14 years old and I'd followed and was absolutely obsessed with a certain book series since I was five. And the final book was coming out in that moment. I'd waited nine years to go and read this book. Of course, this is why I say don't judge me, Harry Potter. And my mum took me to queue in line until midnight of the release day. And I was so happy to finally get this book. The temptation to read that last page, to know the end of the story, was the greatest temptation I have ever faced in my life. But this can be like our lives. Often we wonder why God will not reveal his purposes over our lives straight away. Or, our pl or his plan for why we're going through a storm. We desperately want to know the last page. Why am I here? What am I born for? There is a desire in every one of us to know why we are here. But not just why, but now. And this is where the life of faith comes in. As I have already said, if you're in a storm, if you're going through hell, just keep going. Don't stop. And we can learn from the Apostle Paul about a life of faith, that he had a confidence that God's purpose for his life, though he didn't know the end of the, 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 the book, as you would say, would anchor him steady until the end of his story. 
And the same can be for you today. And thirdly, the anchor of God's promises. Let me read some to you. These aren't on the screens. Romans 8 verse 28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Who have been called according to his purpose. 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9. He said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Isaiah 43 verse 2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Psalm 46 verse 2. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Psalm 29 verse 10 to 11. The Lord rules over the floodwaters. The Lord reigns as king forever. The Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. Incredible promises. God's friendship, God's purpose, and God's promises. But as I said, there were three threes. Otherwise, my granddad would not be very happy with me. When we live a life of faith, you can be sure of three things. God will reveal just enough at just the right time when we are reliant just upon him. Just enough, just the right time when we are reliant just upon him. Let me just read Psalm 119. It's on the screen whether you want to follow along. It's an incredible, incredible psalm. It says this, you are blessed. You are blessed. I am blessed. When we stay on course, walking steadily along the road God revealed to us. You're blessed when you follow his directions, doing your best to find him. That's right, you don't go off on your own. You walk straight along the road that he set. You, God, prescribed the right way to live. Now you expect us to live it. Oh, that my steps might be steady, keeping to the course that you set. Then I'd have... No regrets in comparing my life with your counsel. I thank you for speaking straight from your heart. I learned the pattern of your righteous ways. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. Don't ever walk off and leave me. My final three points are this. God reveals just enough. Verse 1 says, you are blessed when you stay on course, walking steadily on the road revealed by God. It doesn't say here, running quickly. It says, walking steadily. If God reveals everything for our future, your future to us, the likelihood is that we would become scared or maybe even disinterested because, or even give in because we don't feel adequate for what he has planned for us. Because what God has planned for you and I far outweighs even the greatest dreams that we have for our lives. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 3 verse 20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Maybe you've heard the, the Bible verse before, Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Your word, your Bible, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. The picture here that I get when I read that 
is, if you can remember them lanterns, those things that you hold like that. The picture is holding one of those on a path. That is not going to sh shine up 100 meters ahead of us, is it? It's going to just shine up what we have for the next step. Just what we have for the next step. God's light reveals just enough to live a life of faith. Just the next step. What is your next step today? Is it simply giving your life to God? Is it taking a step of faith in your career? Is your next step saying yes to serving others? Maybe it's joining or starting a small group or maybe being baptized. But what about sharing your faith with others? God reveals just enough, one step at a time, enough for us to live a life of faith. Secondly, God reveals just at the right time. As I was preparing this message, it, uh, God took me back, and this is completely God, because without it I would not go back to this kind of thing, because it scarred me, many of the, my school memories. But it took me back to my old school bus, this horrible, battered old school bus. And in 2004, I remember jumping on it and seeing this thing coming towards me, stinking. I, think, I thought, oh my word, here we go, here we go. First day at school. But on the front, as I remember it coming, was these three letters, A-O-T, A-O-T. And this is what God took me back to. I did not find out until my final year what those things meant. I just thought it was, I don't even know what I thought it was. But it meant this, always on time. And it wasn't. It, it definitely was not. <laughs> always on time. And I felt God say to me that someone needs to hear this, that you may feel like you're sitting on God's bus, that you know that he has plans and purposes for you, but you feel like you're stuck in traffic. And he says today, I am the best, not me, this is God talking. I am the best timekeeper. I am always on time. I know the best route, the quickest and most beneficial route to get you to where you are. Sorry, to the most beneficial route to get to where I want you. Be still and know that I am God. God reveals at just the right time. And thirdly, and finally, God reveals when we are reliant just upon him. Verse 3 says, that's right. You don't go off on your own. You walk straight along the road. He set. And this is where faith comes in. Often, God won't reveal the next phase because we're not for, fully reliant upon him in this phase. We're trying to do it all in our own strength. It says in Proverbs 3 verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. He will reveal just enough at just the right time when we are reliant just upon him. And as I finish, there we have it, three threes. An example from the Apostle Paul in how to live a life of faith. You may feel stuck in the first three, drifting, panicking, and giving in. But you have three strong and unbreakable anchors holding you steady if you just ask. And in the meantime, 
you can be sure that God will reveal just enough at just the right time when we are reliant just upon him. Let me read the Psalms again as I finish. You're blessed when you stay on course, walking steadily along the road revealed by God. You're blessed when you follow his directions, doing your best to find him. That's right. Don't go off on your own. Walk straight along the road that he set. You, God, prescribed the right way to live. And that life is a life of faith. Let's pray. Maybe today you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. And uh, maybe it's time today for you to put your trust, your faith in him. The strong and unbreakable anchor. Maybe you feel like you've tried everything else and nothing can anchor you steady. And today I am here to tell you, as you've heard from people singing today, you've heard from the word, that God is the only answer. Following him is the only answer. Trust me, I've, tr I've tried others. God is the only answer. And in this moment, we want to give everyone an opportunity every single week to respond to that, to give your life to Him, to say that you're going to put your trust in Him. Even though you may have doubts and questions, that's what faith is always all about. And you are surrounded by people today that have brought their questions, that have brought their doubts, but actually decided, I'm going to live this life of faith and not look back. So I wonder whether in this moment, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. If you could respect that, that would be incredible. I'm the only one that's looking up. I just wonder whether you just want to lift your hand. I'm not going to get you out, embarrass you or anything like that. Maybe you want to raise your hand and say, this is the day that I'm going to put my faith in God. Thank you. Yes, Lord, we pray for this precious lady. I don't know her background. I don't know her story. But God, I know that you have incredible plans and purposes for her. And Lord, I pray right now in this moment, whatever the storms of her life may be, that you would bring that peace, a peace that does not make sense, that you would hold her steady, that she would know that you are a strong and unbreakable anchor. Lord, thank you for new life today. Thank you for salvation. Thank you that right now as we, we are here, that woman has uh, put a trust in you, God. We thank you that the angels are celebrating in heaven. The Bible is very clear that the angels are celebrating about you. Lord, I pray for those people who may be here who are, who are Christians. God, I pray that you would bring them back to a life of faith bring them back to a steady strong unbreakable anchor help us all God to live a life of faith and Lord I pray again that you'd also give us a fresh desire to share our faith as well Lord we thank you for your word we thank you for your powerful incredible presence Lord what a great day it's been Lord we thank you God we love you we honor you we praise you
and we all said, Amen.